Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, myself and Simon asked, what next for Marcus Rashford? He's taken responsibility for the night out, which led to a missing Manchester United's training session on Friday. But Simon gave him a warning that Rashford needs to buck up his ideas. Plus, we discussed the Premier League's £7 million payment to the police. Let's get to it, because ladies and gentlemen, bit of breaking news involving a broken toe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, what happened? I saw you from distance limping in, and a source close to assistant producer, referee Joe, tells me you were in the gym and you've broken your toe. What happened? Well, actually, I kicked Michelle out. No, um, it's... um, Yeah, I I fell off a running machine. Uh, (laughs) When you're a high-speed person like myself, yes, and, you know these things happen. The machine wasn't able to keep up with me. You're right. So it's not the same toe that I broke uh, from my a- a- antics in Qatar when I was dispensing paddle lessons to all that. Oh would come. yeah, that's right. When it you're was, trying to climb in was, that window, was, I was walking to the gym yesterday and talking to Sunes because I have to listen to Sunes every day how fit he is and what he's got. Bought himself a new running machine and how good he is on it and how good he isn't. Right. So I was saying to him, "Well, how fast do you do it then?" I said, "I do 26 minute 5Ks," and he's like, "Oh, that's not bad." So I was trying to do quicker than that because I had Sunes's. Braggadocy reverberating my ears. Right. And so I ran, I wasn't concentrating. <laughs> so you turned the speed of the treadmill. Well, I'd, I'd, no, I'd, I'd keep on turning up and periodically go faster and faster and faster. And your wee legs were going like mad, like a hamster in a wheel. So, something caught my eye in the gym that I shouldn't have been looking at, and I went. <laughs> 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 and I fell off the machine, <laughs> much to the amusement of a few people in there. Now, I was going to say, was it, was this witnessed by many? It was a packed gym, yeah. It was a packed gym. You Indeed. came flying off the treadmill. Yes. And and you landed on your toe, or your yeah. toe landed... What, what happened after that? It just... There's been a lot of pain. I felt like... Have you seen that scene in Goodfellas where Spider gets shot, and he got that big bandage on his foot? I was going to put a big bandage on it this morning. <laughs> yes. his, foot, his foot's bigger than his head. Um, oh, boy. Now, I will okay? survive. I'm you, okay. I'm yeah. hobbling around, but I was right. just trying to find a comfortable pair of shoes. I don't wear shoals like you. I don't wear orthopedic shoes like you. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so I have to find some comfortable shoes in my wardrobe. All right. Now, th- this was in this was a very posh gym, of course, no doubt. It's a nice gym. Membership nice fees are quite high. Uh, is it uh, near you, where you live? Where I know you what, to live what, in what do you want to come around well, and provide I'm, some support in there? No, all I was going to say... You, you come around and change my jockstrap if you're that keen. <laughs> were you in the gym at the same time as Simon, uh, at the same time as this horrific incident happened? Did you witness it? What happened? Oh three seven one seven double two double one three saving grace. double four. One saving grace. Uh, Laura Woods goes to that gym, and I don't think I could have. I could have belt, you know, bared it. Or is it bared it? Born it? If um, if she'd have been in there laughing oh. with her celebrity boyfriend. Oh, I know, I know, with a celebrity boyfriend. Yeah, really. She's a big star these days. She really, goes well, out with reality TV stars. I think we'll steer clear of that. But you can tell me in the first break. There's Judge from Liverpool. Bloody hell, not the same toe. I mean. How weak are your toes, Simon? You've got to start wearing steel toe caps on a no, daily basis. No, it's not that. No. It, the other, it's a different toe. It's a different, different toe. toe. Yeah. No, I remember that incident in Qatar. That was also very funny. But uh, here we go. Well, listen, the moment you're in any discomfort, let us know and we'll <laughs> ignore you. Um, a lot going on out there this morning. When we finish up here today, myself, producer Luke, and uh, assistant producer Joe and one or two others are heading to Welsh Wales. We're off to Cardiff. Now, you can lie at home. We're going down for the darts to interview Luke Littler yeah. and, and other people tomorrow. We're Very live good. from Cardiff. You can, While we're doing the show tomorrow, you can be lying there like this, back in your no. um, four-poster. I, I shall be inflicting upon somebody the first chapter of my new book. Oh, right. Plug, 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 plug. Okay, yeah, yeah look forward to that. Don't know about that. All right, okay. Will there be a chapter in the toe or toe trouble? Uh, could be. Okay. Could, uh, yeah, I'll write it in toe-toba. When does when does it hit the shelves, the, the, the new book? When I write the bloody thing. Um, <laughs> June, June, I suspect. Okay. Listen, a lot of sympathy for you. I'll get to, oh, yeah, I'll get to some, some of the messages very soon. A lot to get through this morning, but... Manchester United, more importantly, Marcus Rashford, more specifically, Simon has got his problems. And, you know, we, we, we have seen this kind of story over the years, haven't we? Mm-hmm. You know, in a tabloid. The Sun, the Sun has a story. Rashford's 12-hour tequila party before calling in sick. And, and, and basically, it tells us about this night of drinking. Reportedly on the Thursday night, and then he was due back to train on the Friday morning, got back, um, flew back in the very early hours of the morning on a private plane, but was uh, too ill to come in, and that, that was the excuse that he gave United. United, meantime, have said, uh, Marcus has taken responsibility for his actions. This has been dealt with as an internal disciplinary matter, which is now closed. But of course, you know, the other newspapers, Simon, the Mail uh, being one of them, they put their own spin on it, and uh, Rash Backlash, they're, they're telling us this morning that Rashford's teammates are angry with him uh, over this latest lapse of discipline that's landed him in trouble with uh, Eric Ten Hag. Ten Hag, of course, talks about standards all the time, and we'll get to that. But what hasn't helped Marcus Rashford is that uh, The Sun has also got a few um, interviews on this, a few pieces, bits and pieces of audio, uh, including this from a waitress by the name of Sarah, who says she was kind of involved in the night and saw the lot. I ask him, like, how long are you staying in Belfast? And he's like, oh, I don't know, just whatever. And he's like, oh, we're, we're going to go out tonight. Where do you think we should go? Like, what about clubs? What time do they open to? And I'm like, oh, they, they close at one, two, sometimes three in Belfast. Um, so he asks, like, is there anywhere that would maybe stay open? You know, if we like, it's for them out. And then he's like, oh, well, why don't you just come out with us? So they take my phone number, tell me to be back into Belfast at 7 o'clock. 
when I arrived at dinner, I had asked him what they were doing that day. Did they go anywhere nice? And he's like, oh, we've just been drinking all day. As the night progressed, there was more drink consumed and then more drunk that he got to then the point when we got back to the hotel, he was absolutely legless. I knew that my hangover was ridiculously bad and I hadn't been drinking all day. Um, I didn't start drinking until maybe 8 o'clock, so, you know, I'm absolutely not surprised when we didn't go. So that was um, Sarah's version of events. And, of course, the other newspaper, Simon, as I said to you, there's a, the, the, the sports supplement of the Telegraph. Rashford takes blame for his actions. Now, the statement that I read out, Simon, is just a few words from United. Marcus has taken responsibility for his actions. This has been dealt with as an internal disciplinary matter, which is now closed. Mm-hmm. You and I know that that will not be the case. You and I know that before United play the next match... And there is a media conference. Tin Hag's going to get bombarded, no doubt, with questions. This won't go away, will it? What is the situation from your point of view as a former owner? You're waking up to that. Say Sir Jim Ratcliffe is looking at it this morning as we are on air this morning. What is he thinking? What would you be thinking? Well, look, I mean, I think for Marcus Rashford, I mean, there's no other choice but to accept the reality of the circumstances created for himself. So the idea that somehow this can turn into a, a Jaden Sancho situation in terms of the player standing his ground would be would be preposterous and even the most obtuse of players wouldn't think they can do that. I think he needs to watch himself, Rashford, because I think at this stage in his career, at 26 years of age, there are sections of the media that have built him up into being a world-class player. There are sections of the fan bases that have done the same. He's not a world-class player, he's a good footballer. So he's been always been judged by a set of standards which I felt have un- been unfair. Then you've had the other stuff off the pitch where people have lauded and applauded some of the meaningful stuff he's done in societal contributions. Then you've had some mean-spirited articles written in newspapers about his property portfolio and how much money he's got. None of that's really relatable or relevant to the circumstances of what he's doing as a footballer. This situation is, if he if he doesn't pull himself together, I don't see any parallel universe where he gets himself on the plane to go to the European Championships unless there's a sea change in his performances on the field, significant sea you change. Think that's so at the moment, for now, he can forget it. Well, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't. I mean, OK, if you've got muscle memory, which Gareth Southgate seems to have, and amnesia in other respects, then Marcus, uh, Marcus Rashford makes himself a candidate for getting on the plane. But right now, that's not the case. Now, we've seen him pull himself around before. We saw himself all of a sudden get motivated to get himself in the squad for the World Cup in Qatar, because whereas the previous season, it'd be absolute stinker. All of these things, all of this journey, when players come back from the European Championships and elect to go on holiday for two weeks before they have surgery uh, and then don't come back for their club until the middle of October, all of these things are cultural um, adjustments in the way that players think they can behave. Players are islands now. Once upon a time, they weren't they weren't quite the commodities that they are now in terms of the reach and feel. And all of that provides a challenge for them. But for Rashford at 26, if... Manchester United decide that this is this is not worth the investment. Their manager situation right now. Marcus Rashford takes his punishment, two weeks fine or whatever it is, um, and 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 gets sent to Coventry for five minutes and gets back into the side based upon his based upon his performances. If he doesn't pull himself together, then Manchester United will be in a situation where his players surplus to requirements. And when you leave Man United because they want you to, rather than you leave them wanting more. What direction does your career go in? Because yeah. I don't think there's many clubs in the Premier League besides also-ran clubs 
but we'll be looking at Marcus Rashford as an opportunity. So he really does need to read the room now and start to smell the coffee. I saw him a couple of times out of boxing matches. And when you watch these kids out there in this day and age, and we've all been around, Jim, you've been in the public domain for years, I've been in it for years, I've had lots of money and lots of success. And you watch the way that they're lauded and applauded and shepherded into arenas like they're the second coming. Yeah. And it makes you wonder how it affects the psyche of these boys and who listens, who they listen to. This is it now, I think, for Rashford. I think he needs to, to grasp the nettle because Ten Hag, whether he's going to be the ultimate returner of good times to Old Trafford, which I doubt. But the culture of this club is about to get serious again and about to get focused on what is the right things to be With doing. Sir Jim. And, yeah, and not just because of Sir Jim, but New Brooms, or partly New Brooms, not Trigger's New Broom out of um, Only Fools and Horses, which has had 25 different handles and seven different heads, but literally a New Broom, <laughs> yeah. come in yeah. and they make changes and the Rashfords of the world will be left standing on the platform. So I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I mean, I'm disappointed in, in him for him because there's so many, so many things about Marcus Rashford that we should be admiring in mm. terms of mm. coming through their youth development policies, being a decent footballer, making decent contributions into societal challenges, albeit I don't think that's his job, but he did it. Right now, you look at this and go, hmm. Mm. Is it make or break time? Well, I think it's getting to that point. Yeah, because he's on thin ice. I do think there's also this horrible narrative that pervades football, which is if he were playing well, it would be less important. No, it wouldn't. No. It would be equally as important yeah. because it's not the get-out-of-jail card that people think it is. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. We're talking about Marcus Rashford, neither Simon or myself. Simon, I think we can establish that before we go any further. As a thing against Marcus Rashford, of course we don't. But not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. I tell you who's also culpable and shouldn't be allowed to wriggle out from underneath this is a Ten Hag. Because this is the culture that he engenders in the players that they think they can behave in this fashion. Now, it is almost perplexing that a player goes out, gets himself into such a condition, it would seem, that he can't go to training. We've seen it done before. Grealish did it at Man City. So it's not beyond the wit of these players to think they can push the envelope. And so that makes it something that happens in other football clubs and how it gets handled is the key component. But those teams are winning. Manchester City are winning. And it, I know it goes into my argument of saying, well, winning doesn't excuse anything. Performance doesn't excuse anything. But yeah. in some respect, it doesn't affect the status quo. The status quo at Manchester United isn't great, right? So you don't need this alongside it. Ten Hag's been there for 18 months. I, d I don't know. For me, and maybe I'm just superimposing myself in a conversation that would be different if I was involved in it. I don't think I leave people in any doubt when I have a conversation with somebody and when I was in positions where I had thousands of people working for me and things that I needed doing, people didn't walk out of a room going, gee, I wonder what he meant. Right? They understood clearly, clearly, and absolutely unequivocally what was expected of them. Right. So I don't understand. And of course you're well, dealing with a landscape of media and £17 million a year footballers. So it's a different dynamic. When these players get paid this huge money, they can yeah. behave in a certain way. But that's the culture that you're in, so you learn the language of it. And I don't understand why Ten Hag hasn't got hold of these characters but you see, Simon, to make them understand it. That's a very good point that you make. When you're in charge of people, and you had many working for you, as you say, you'd like to think, but you're confident in thinking, no one was in any doubt what you meant. What, what you said, you meant what you said and you said, uh, and, and you said what you meant. Well, there's clarity. I mean, it, you, it, well, just on that, it takes me back to September when Ten Hag was talking about standards and then presumably nobody was left in any doubt or were they? The club asked me because there was uh, no good culture before I entered last season to set some standards and that's what I did. Yeah, then it's my job to control the standards. And of course, it's not, it's never have been as well that someone when you make one mistake no there are it's a whole process before you come to a certain outcome about strict lines but if 
staff of players or, or whatever who uh, is there's a structure to cross lines yeah, you have to be be strong absolutely so that was Ten Hag in September Sammy the, the club brought me in to change standards but clearly not everyone Marcus included was listening again I mean we know that in the past even the top managers have had to go and do certain things we hear stories of Alex Ferguson going round and pulling Ryan Giggs out of parties that he was involved with Lee Sharp and things of that nature. And so you hear, and it's not a new phenomenon, and what's a new phenomenon is social media and the availability and the accessibility of people like the Sarahs of the world that would be happily to tell their tales of nights of debauchery to the highest bidder. And that is the nature of the beast, and perhaps it's always been such. But the bottom line is, is that you have to... I think the problem with Man United, and I think most people think that the problem with Man United is culturally... They're buying players that are not bad players and those players are getting worse in that environment and they're shrinking and the team is not performing at a level that you would expect for the money that's being spent and they can blame it all on the Glazers and the cultures that they create. Yeah. But this is the manager's domain. If I'm XYZ owner of this football club and it's very difficult to compare Crystal Palace to Manchester United because of the dynamics of the two football clubs. But let's just try for a second. I wouldn't be anywhere near this. It would be the manager. And I'll be looking at the manager going, right, well, come on now. This is kind of on you. They don't seem to understand the manner in which they should behave. So you're making a judgment call on your manager at the same time as looking at the player well, I think who stepped out I of think, line. Well, of course the player needs to be smacked. You know, I don't but mean, you're looking at closely literally, at how I mean, your meta- manager's I mean, dealing literally, with it. I mean, metaphorically. Yeah, needs yeah. to be properly, have his mind properly concentrated. Needs to have a bit of respect and fear engendered him. Which one do you, which one do you want? You know, some people say fear lasts longer. I don't know, right? But the bottom line is you make sure that this, this, this particular player understands his responsibility. But, but, Sammy, but before we but go to the manager, course, how is do you the do one. that? How do you do that? Rashford's just signed a new five-year deal. Rashford well, that, has more money than God. You're not going to hurt him in the pocket. But it's like the language... So how do you concentrate his well, mind? It, it's like the language of the industry that you're in. If you don't know the language of the industry that you're in, then you shouldn't be in that industry. If you don't like... It's me coming in here, and if I can't pick up the cudgel on certain subjects and I have to do hours and hours of research to put myself in a position where I can do, then I shouldn't be in here in the first place. If you're a manager that's got to manage... The credentials you've got to have is being able to manage big-time players that get big-time money, and you've got to find the buttons to push and the language to use and the ability to concentrate their mind. And whatever it is, everybody in every walk of life has something that makes them a little more, more controllable than you would initially perceive that to be. Players, it could be economics, it could be some of the public domain stuff that we've seen being done recently with, with Ten Hag taking it in the public domain. It could be uh, ostracising him from this group of players. It could be a variety of things that are done. Or it could simply be have the ability to, look, to, have, to have someone in front of you and really, really concentrate their minds. And that's a tool that, it, you know, in today's society, we can, some people would like to say, I say concentrating people's minds, I think it's a case of putting people in their place. Right. He's an employee. He's a young footballer. He is a cog. He's not the wheel. And have his mind concentrated. And that means being able to do it. Now, some people like to believe that it's all oh, not in this day and age. You can't do that sort of stuff in this day and age. And I'm not just talking about hair drying treatment. I'm talking about really putting someone in a position where they understand where they are in the food chain yeah. and the yeah. consequences of it. Because irrespective of where he's got four years left in his contract, if Man United don't want Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford will be out of the door. Out of the door, irrespective of whether he's on three hundred and fifty grand a week or yeah. not. Okay. You've seen other clubs do it, and I don't think I don't think Jim Radcliffe will sit there and tolerate something that is like the fly in the ointments, something okay. that does not make the mix go well. The and briefest players of brief badly. club statements said this is now closed. 
but it won't be because Manchester United play Wolves at Molyneux on Thursday and that means Ten Hag is in front of the media tomorrow and that means Ten Hag will get questions on it. He can bat them back but he'll still be questioned on it. So it won't go away. This will not go away yet. Will Rashford be in and around the squad? Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Well, will the, they play? well the question has to be, again, I think Ten Hag has to be asked. Yeah. What is it about the standards that you set that your players seemingly don't think to th- don't seem to think is that important? Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Simon, no doubt in your, your, your time at the top of Crystal Palace, you would have had uh, numerous and lengthy meetings with the police. Indeed. On no doubt a number of matters pertaining to what? Matches how many police officers are deployed, etc., yeah. etc. Et well, it was a, it wasn't an insignificant cost. Policing isn't an insignificant cost. That's why I always sort of smirk when I see these police officers coming on here telling me that it's not a commercial transaction. Because I sat in the meetings with these guys, yeah. Whilst it became a commercial transaction and the cost implications of the policing requirements and how the police viewed it at the time, which is it facilitated overtime solutions, it facilitated extra revenue for the police. So it was a commercial discussion, and it was always. Raging, the, the argument that raged around was something called full recovery, which is the difference between policing the football stadium and its immediate footprint and then policing the wider periphery, which was train stations, parking uh, parking restrictions in terms of putting cones out around areas that people can't park in and all the residents being um, not having their driveways parked over and also the town centres. And there was always this debate about where the line was drawn between what is a football club's responsibility yeah. that brings revenue into the community, people travelling into certain so, places, so parts you, of the country. Did you say you had to pay for policing in the town centre? There was this debate, and which is why I'm surprised it seems to have gone round in full circle because I remember having a really big row with Karen Brady about it because Birmingham had gotten promoted to the Premier League, voted for full recovery, which is the police were putting pressure on the Premier League football clubs to have full recovery, which means all of the peripherals, all the train stations, everything around the town centre... And obviously the championship clubs go, well, that's all right for you lot because you're getting tens of millions of quid from the broadcast revenue. You can afford to make these decisions. Right, Whereas right. we have a different budgetary set of requirements yeah. and it's not so cool that you just come from the championship and all of a sudden you want to be Jack Dash in the Premier League handing money out like it's going out of fashion. Well, I wonder what you make of this because the Premier League, uh, it, it would seem it's being reported, so happy with what the police do that they are now to pay the police 
police forces seven million pounds. This is the Premier League are going to pay police forces around the country seven million pounds as a court's unconditional gift. What is this about? I mean, it's a one-off payment. It's said to be for recognition and thanks to the police. And it will be split amongst all the forces that have a Premier League club in their area. But then you look at it more closely and you think, what is this? Is it a gift or is it a sweetener? Because those who think it's something of a sweetener maybe have good cause to think that. There, there has been concern um, at Premier League clubs that police, police forces are increasingly unwilling to allow high-risk fixtures to take place later on in the day. Later kickoffs are seen as creating more likelihood of crowd trouble. And that is seen by broadcasters as the best slot. Mm. Now, maybe, maybe this this £7 payment... £7 million, yeah. Uh, sorry, £7 million payment is a sweetener in as much as do that and then we can get some of these live games later on in the day. Maybe. And, and, and if the policing is appropriate levels of policing, where would be the problem in this? I mean, we're talking about, okay, there's a moral argument to the broadcasters be able to dictate when football's broadcasted and ultimately, as a result of it, put people into jeopardy if indeed there is more flashpoints as a result of later. We saw no evidence of this. We have 11.30 kickoff on a weekend between West Bromwich Albion and Wolves exactly. and we have a problem. Right, so I think the it comes down. So there's an early kickoff for you, and that gives you a problem because people, if they want to behave badly, they'll behave badly. Mm, mm. Um, Here's the thing: where does the seven million go? Well, God only knows. I mean, look. I mean, it, are we, I mean, I, I was understanding. There you go, detective inspector, whoever, I, I, have a nice I, holiday. I, I, well, I would like to think not. I think it's probably uh, my favourite expression that gets used quite a lot is the optics of it is that the police need to be on side. Some sort of trade-off has been given to the police. They've made a big four-act play out of the fact that they've policed and it's cost them twenty-three. It hasn't cost them twenty-three million quid. It cost the taxpayer twenty-three million quid. Um, um, and so, with that in mind, it's about the taxpayer's position rather than the police's. And of course, you know, the, the football world is looking at it going, okay, we might want to make sure that we have the police on side when we do certain things. And this is how deals are done. If you want to, I mean, if football wants to broadcast itself at a level where there are flashpoints perceived because of the nature, and specifically, in, I would imagine, in towns like London, where there's a, a variety of different things going on at the same time. Do, was I, am I right saying that the Met Police are suggesting it costs 23 million quid? Yeah. So the Metropolitan Police, we're just talking about London Police. That's right. So this, Last year. So this ridiculous notion that we've got most of, the, most of the clubs are not, well, a significant proportion of the clubs are not in London and we're offering 7 million quid. One region has a cost implication of 23 million quid and that's only one region. So when you go to Manchester and you go to Liverpool and you go to Newcastle and you go to Sheffield and you go to Burnley and you go to Nottingham, yeah, yeah. all of those police forces will have other bills on top. So a £7 million it's payment to probably doesn't touch the sides, does it? Right, right. So some, there's, there's, there's some form of optics being uh, being operated here with the Premier League, so they have a case to push back on the idea that they're not supporting the police. And it becomes a balancing act. Whose responsibility is it? You police the event. I, do, I, I, I don't know the answer to this question. I'm sort of throwing it out there without mm -hmm. knowing the answer. Mm -hmm. When you put a stadium concert on in for any event, is it your responsibility then to provide policing for the police stations, the town centre, and ultimately you want... Um, um, uh, and you've got lots of people coming, it's 30,000 people go to the concert. Yeah. Is it is it the concert promoter's responsibility to then pay for policing in the town centre... And in train it's, stations. It's a good question. I'm not, have, sure, I'm not sure it is. Yes. I'm not sure it is. We'll, we'll look at that. And in a broader sense, 
Do you agree with the premise, Simon, that the more flammable fixtures, if you like, should be kicking off later on in the day? I think they should be policed properly. And if that costs more money to police it, then that costs more money. That's the price on the ticket. Why did we have the debacle we had in the European Championships besides a bunch of degenerate thugs that thought they could get an opportunity? Why? Because it wasn't policed properly. And whose responsibility was that? That was the MEPs, police and Sadiq Khan's responsibility. And they chose not to do it for the reasons best known to themselves. And that was a flashpoint. It was evidently a flashpoint. Biggest event on English uh, on English soil for mm. a number of years. Mm. And we're in a final of a European Championship with only 30% of the stadium or 40% of the stadium being unused. Yeah. We were going to have a problem. And what did we do? We didn't police it properly. So I'm in the case. If you want to make the... If you want to square the circle then the cost implications are what they are. And if we're talking about 23 million for London clubs, how many London clubs in the Premier League? Six, five, mm. six, seven, mm. right? Then they've all got to get a three million pound policing budget. See how they feel about that. Yeah, yeah. Is it your thought that the, the again, I say more flammable, I don't know how to phrase it otherwise. Combustible. Combustible games should kick off later in the day. So that there's a build up to that kickoff. I think if people is want that a better product well, and a better atmosphere. Well, I mean, you can argue that it can be. I mean, then you've always got that game that everyone pulls out, saying, "Well, look at Leeds versus Liverpool when they beat them four three at eleven thirty kickoff, and all the players weren't ready for the game, mm. and it was one of the best games around." Mm. Look, when Witherspoon's opens at eight o'clock in the morning, if people want to drink and put themselves in a situation where they're not, um, you know, where they're not behaving in a way that they should, it doesn't matter the kickoff time. It doesn't matter the kickoff time. Yeah, um, I think it makes. Um, challenges for the policing operations but again I make this point and every time a police officer comes on it I get up their nose by saying it but there is a commercial side to the relationship between the police this is not a charitable set of circumstances now they're, 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 and that's why they're talking about the 23 million cost to the taxpayer for policing the capital in a situation where people are coming from all around the country spending money in the capital so the revenue, the revenue that's being generated inside local trade and tax dollars that are going into the into the capital's coffers are as also as a result of it. So you've got to have one against the other. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.